Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah. Play action to Malapai. Lots of time for Fink. Throws up the sideline. Now he's got Pittman. And he makes the catch at the 30. Gets away at the 25-20. Angling to the 15-10. Five. Touchdown, USA! We talked about all our quarterbacks were good players. And Matt got his opportunity. Came in. Offensively found a way to rush for just enough yards to end the game. So, uh, team victory. Great win for our program. Clay Hilton and USC get the win. PK, you were in the Coliseum. USC, however fragile they may or may not be, it's hard for the confidence to waver when you never actually trail in the game. Big plays out of the gate, and they led the whole way. I never thought they were fragile. I didn't buy that. To me, the whole idea of them collapsing didn't make any sense. It's still early in the season. And if you don't like the coach or he's going to get fired, then just play for yourselves. Man, everybody wants to win. This is your shot. You get one shot at college football. So, yeah, it was a stunning defeat in terms of the way it happened. Not necessarily that SC won, but the fact that Utah was so sloppy, 16 penalties, allowing the rat, Matt Fink, to come off the bench and throw for 350 yards. Built up this defense, and for one game anyway, it wasn't very good, particularly, obviously, the pass coverage. He got almost uh, half of those yards on four passes. Hitting on big plays left and right. And down the middle. There you go. Utes dropped from 10th to 19th in the latest AP poll. More importantly, they're 0-1. Washington State's come to town 0-1 after blowing a massive lead to UCLA. So, high stakes Saturday night at Rice-Eccles. Yeah, we'll have to see about Moss and Huntley and their availability. We'll let uh, Kyle handle that and what he likes to play the cat and mouse game on that. Uh, it uh, should be interesting on Saturday. I don't think the end is here for sure by any stretch. They go down 0-2. It's going to be very difficult because then you're asking SC to lose three times in order for you to win the division. While you win seven in a row. If you don't, yeah. yeah. If you, well, I mean, if they lose one more. Right. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag BYU. Play action. Wilson gets smacked. The football is loose. Down on the turf and it's picked up. Huskies have it going the other way. Going the other way. It's Brandon Wellington. Wellington to the 10 to the 5. Touchdown Washington. A defensive score for the dogs after Ryan Bowman jarred the ball loose. Brandon Wellington, the senior, goes to the house and the Huskies lead 20-3. to They're blowing this one open in Provo. And they win very comfortably, 45-19. to 19. We could break it down forever, but the better team won, PK. Better team won by a lot. Oh, for sure, yeah. Washington obviously was the better team, and BYU without Tyson Williams now with the injury. The schedule gets a little easier, and they're going to have to find ways to win ballgames. I don't Tor- see any reason why they don't. Torn ACL for Tyson Williams. Got hit right on the knee with the weight on the leg, and then knee bowed, and that was that. So It sucks for him. Emmanuel Asupa. You're up. Lapini Katoa could be some more carries for you. BYU's at Toledo next week. They got, uh, I think, Boise State looks like the toughest game on the schedule. They got five road games. 
Uh, Boise yeah, State's I'd, at home. I'd put Utah State right Utah there. State up there. They got to go to San Diego State in the finale. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah State. San Diego State with the ball at their own 39. They got to get to the 49 for a first down. Agnew brings a man in motion. It's going to bring four. Here comes pressure right up the middle. Agnew steps up, has to roll right. Waits, waits, has pressure to the outside. Swings all the way, but he's all the way back to the 15-yard line to the 10. Oh, get him! And get he's him, yes. ripped down. Ball's on the turf at the one-yard line. Utah State recovers, and the game is over. They're going to call it an incomplete pass, but Utah State is held, and the Aggies are going to win this game. Agnew ran all the way back to the one-yard line, trying to create something. The Aggies trailed, ripped him down, Game is going to be over. Aggies were up 23-3. San Diego State got a couple of scores to make it close on the previous drive. They converted on fourth down. But on that fourth down, Agnew wasn't getting away. So the Aggies win their conference opener 23-17. Jordan Love, 293 yards and zero INTs. You impressed with the Aggies, PK? Well, anytime you win, sure, yeah. That's the whole goal. They accomplished the goal. Why wouldn't you be? Take the W. Come home to face Colorado State, who's coming off a loss to Toledo. Weird that the Aggies and Cougars' next opponents are playing each other. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. They'll spot it quickly. At the goal line with three seconds, Rebels got to get in there. The snap and the sneak by Plumley, and I don't think he got it, and the game is going to end right there. Clocks go to zero. Wow. Plumley was right. I mean, Elijah Moore was right on the goal line. They said he didn't break the plane. Plumley on the field was the runner was short of the lines. The game, the game is over. Wow. Cal goes to Ole Miss and wins 28-20. Controversy at the end. Ole Miss thought on that next-to-last play they had a touchdown pass. The receiver was in the end zone. He was coming out. The TV angle we saw wasn't definitive. The Pac-12 officials refing the game didn't stop it to review it. And Ole Miss didn't have any timeouts, so they had to just line up and run a play, and the quarterback sneak didn't come close to working. And then the Pac-12 reviewed it and said their officials did the right thing, although there were some complaints out of Ole Miss. But the officials said, well, there was no definitive, or the Pac-12 office said there was no definitive view, so they got it right, PK. But the Pac-12 officials in the middle of it again. Good road win for Cal. If they got it right, they got it right. Best finish of the day, Pitt running a trick play to beat UCF. That was pretty wild. Good trick play, 35-34. They blew a massive lead in that game, but uh, won it at the end. And a big game in primetime, Georgia beat Notre Dame 23-17. Anybody uh, surprise you? None. Let's think of the Colorado-ASU game. After all those low-scoring games ASU played, the defense wasn't as good, but the offense was much better. All ends up to a three-point loss. I didn't see the game. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Fourth down and goal from the five. This is week three. Mayfield flush from the pocket, rolling right, throws to the end zone. It is intercepted. The Rams take it away on the final snap for the Browns offense. It's John Johnson with a diving pick in the end zone. And the Rams are going to come home at 3-0. and 
It was a tight one there for the Rams, but they get the win. One of seven teams that has made it to 3-0. Not so surprising with the Rams. They were coming off a really good season, so there are high expectations for them. Surprised to see, you're more surprised to see the Bills or the Niners at 3-0. I think those would be the two teams that really surprise people. Oh, I'm shocked beyond belief for both of them. Niners beat the Steelers with a late score. They have not been 3-0 since 1998. A couple of long decades. Matt Gay, former Ute, had missed an extra point in the first quarter, had another one blocked, and then missed the game-winning field goal from 34 yards. In between, he hit four field goals, but missed the big kick at the end. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers fall to the Giants, blow an 18-point lead and lose 32-31. That was a weird deal. Bruce Arians taking a delay of game. Not that it should matter from 29 or 34, but still. Not really what you're usually looking for down the stretch. Chiefs are 3-0. Mahomes throwing for a gazillion yards again and outdoing outdoing, uh, Baltimore. Ravens now 2-1, although it looked pretty good in defeat. See if they get something going later this season and get rolling. It's the Bears. Chicago's at Washington tonight on ESPN Monday Night Football. You can listen to it here on the Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NBA. We had, I think, a very healthy discussion on those issues. The provisions passed unanimously, and there was a strong view, I think, of every single person in the room that we need to ensure that we're creating a culture of compliance in this league and that our teams want to know that they're competing on a level playing field and, frankly, don't want to feel disadvantaged. Adam Silver. $10 million fines. Teams can lose draft picks. Executives can be suspended. What's going to be cleaner, college basketball recruiting or NBA free agency? Nothing's going to change. Teams' communications must be saved and they can be audited. Guys are going to have burner phones now. (laughs) They're going to be getting around that. Oh, you don't think they already do? No, good point. They may already have the burner phones to get around it. I don't know that they worried about it. I don't think they ever thought they were going to get audited before. Well, what's the, what's the worry? If you can pay somebody $200 million, you're going to worry about a $10 million fine? You the got team, a chance to get Kawhi Leonard? Go get him. And who cares about the draft pick? You weren't building through the draft anyway. Yeah, so what's the penalty? This is slap on the wrist. $10 million, the number one pick, and you're suspended for a year. Theoretically. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. See them do that. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. And that's popped up. Third base side. Playable for Toro. Over by the back. Now in foul territory. Makes the catch. And the Astros are champions of the American League West. For a third straight year. Astros, another 100-win season. Another division title. Oakland did a pretty good job of pushing them. Oakland's sitting on 94 wins right now. Still battling for the wild card. They've got the lead. They haven't clinched it yet. But the Astros have the division title in the AL West. George Springer went deep three times in a 13-5 win over the Angels. 200-win teams in Minnesota with a four-game lead with a week to go in the Central. You like the Astros over the Yankees and Twins? For what? Better pitching to go to the World Series? Who's coming out of the American League? I think they would be favored, sure. Yeah. 
National League, the Cubs playoff hopes taking a major hit here. Four-game sweep, the Cardinals take the Cubs on Sunday with two in the ninth. They win all four games by one run. Cubs have lost six in a row. They pretty much backed out of the playoff picture here, PK. Four games out of the wild card with a week to go. Seven games out of the division race now. Yeah, that was a big series, and they just tripped all over themselves. Couldn't get the last out. I led a couple of times into the ninth inning and couldn't Couldn't, couldn't get it seal done. the deal. It was you, Darvish, giving up the two runs in the, in the ninth on Sunday. Kansas City is an MLB record time fourth club with a 100-loss season. Baltimore, Kansas City, Detroit, and Miami. If you're not going to win, PK, why pay to get to the middle? Might as well just suck. Well, that's what Houston did. If you use your draft picks right, baseball is about draft picks. That's the way you build. So they have an opportunity to cash in on that, see if it happens, because that's what Houston did for sure. Padres. Did not lose 100 games, but the manager got fired anyway. Andy Green's out. Padres, 16 games under 500, 30 games out in the division. Well, Dick Williams isn't walking through that door. Apparently not. DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. Faced with three games in nine days, RSL decided to rest a lot of key players. And go to New England, play to a scoreless draw, get a point. Now they're back home to face the Galaxy, who got a win at home over Montreal, past them now. RSL drops into fifth in the West, but they can leapfrog him with a win Wednesday night. Big game with three games to go. Wish you guys the best. Thank you, PK. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Frank Dolce, our Utah insider analyst for the Zone Sports Network, will join us at 730 to talk about the loss in the Coliseum and the big game with Washington State. Coming up, Gary Anderson, Aggie football coach, will be here at 830. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Antonio Brown announcing via social media that he'll not be playing in the NFL anymore. These owners can cancel deals, do whatever they want anytime. We'll see if the NFLPA hold them accountable. Said they can just void guarantees anytime. See if they pay up, he said. Former Jazz forward, Pablo Cephalosha, signed a fully guaranteed one-year deal for the veterans minimum with the Houston Rockets. Top of the wire. Brought to you by Action Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Looking for skilled HVAC technicians, plumbers, and electricians to join the Action Superhero Team. Pay training, health, dental benefits, and 401k match. Call today and join the Action Plumbing Superhero Team. 801-833-3333. That's Action Plumbing. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. The ramparts we watched were so gallantly 
dreaming. That's the sound of me. I think it was going after you. Whizzing down my leg <laughs> while singing the national anthem at a bees game, not a foot away from a bald eagle who did not like my bald. The shine came off the back of my head, and he was like, "I've had it." It was kind of scary. The bald eagle, man. Those claws got a hold of that dome, man. Yeah, it'd be I a might. Tough fight, man. Uh, <laughs> I'd still take you in the battle, but you're not coming. You take of me it. over an eagle? I would never punch a bald oh, eagle. I'd go to prison. That eagle is actually pretty quick. In too. fact, by law, I think it's allowed to attack my dome. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Master Electrical Services. And Master Electrical will light up your day. Give us a call at 801-543-2222. We'll be right on our way. That's 801-543-2222. So, PK, you're back from Los Angeles. You saw the Utes in person, listening to the post-game stuff. Maybe you had a chance to talk to somebody. I don't know what kind of interaction you may or may not have had with the Utes. But any takeaways seeing that thing up close and personal and hearing from people afterwards? Yeah, I think it's a big-time pressure on these guys to try to win the South. Kyle talking about and then a couple of players. Well, nobody in the South is going to go undefeated. Think about that. Does he ever talk about what's going to happen in week Nine, ten, never. Oh, it's one game at a time usually, yeah. and that's two months at a time. Yeah, but here it, everything is pointed on them and rests on their shoulders to win the South. And if they don't win the South, it's a disappointing season. No other way to say it. They could still have a pretty good season, but there would be disappointment in that they wouldn't have won the South. So there's an enormous amount of pressure, and they didn't play well in their first test in that situation and it was shocking in the way that they lost the game with all the penalties and getting beat over the top constantly and now they have to regroup and every single game is going to be difficult potentially you don't know what's going to happen the good thing is i don't think they're out of it by any stretch i think this conference is crazy it showed that on saturday and he's probably right no team in the south is going to go undefeated i mean i don't expect uc los angeles and colorado to go undefeated and they're the the ones that are zero losses, and obviously SC's 2-0 too. Maybe SC could, but I don't expect that. Yeah, but they don't have the tiebreaker with SC, so, I mean, you're right, and they're right, that no one's probably going to go undefeated, but SC doesn't have to. At 8-1, and they beat the Utes. That doesn't matter to me, though. I was really surprised that they said that, but that's the idea of the amount of pressure because I look at the teams who, uh, let's see, uh, you mentioned ASU. I don't think they're thinking – well, I mean, then you know, Colorado's not going to go undefeated. They're going to lose too. No, they're, they're, it's not even in their mindset to worry about winning the South. Right? They're just trying to beat, win games. They're yep. trying to get to six wins, maybe seven, maybe eight. So they don't. I, I didn't watch the game Saturday, but and I didn't watch the post game. Uh, but I'm imagining they're not even thinking about that. Where Utah, that's they're obsessed with that, and I think that wore them down. The idea of you're supposed to win and you could be a potential playoff team. I mean, the Salt Lake media, me included, spent months just building these guys up to be this big super team. Turns out they're they're not. (laughs) And so now they've got to regroup and worry about beating Washington State, not worrying about whether Colorado's going to get a loss or not or whether uh, SC's going to lose a couple of games. Who cares at this point? Because when you play Washington State, the stakes will be massive. You lose that game, then USC's got to lose three. I mean, it'll be over before it starts. And, and who cares about that? Well, everybody wants Utah to win the South. Well, but that's not anything you can do in September in the first week of October. Don't worry about it. It's like the <laughs> first round of the Masters. You can't win it, but you can lose it, and the Utes have a chance to lose it. 
fine. But you still can win football games. If you're worrying about something that you're trying to achieve at the end of November, in September, you've you're, lost sight of everything that's important. You're violating the one game at a time rule that's there and, for a reason. And to hear Kyle, the, he went on that multiple times. Even though we all giggle at it, the reason we hear it all the time is because there's a lot of truth in it. They're caught up in this idea of we've got to do this now. And the moment was too big for them. And now they got to fix it. I mean, worrying about beating Washington State. I mean, the world didn't end last year when they started 0-2, but somehow it's supposed to end this year? It goes back to what you said on TV last night about well, they do have to focus on Washington State. And Washington State, if, if you can't handle USC through the air, well, Washington State's going to provide a bazillion challenges. And this goes back to not being able to handle Northern Illinois through the air in the first half. The challenges are real, and they got to fix them. And Washington State, even though they lost, they're coming off 63 points. Their quarterback threw nine touchdown passes. That's a ridiculous number. That's, that sounds like a lot for an arena football game. Yeah, that's what they do, though. I mean, that's not any right, big surprise. Right, but they're going at one of the places where you've shown a weakness. So their strength versus your weakness, that's usually something you ought to be focused on, not focusing on what's going to happen at the end of November. Yeah, but if you control the ball and don't allow them to have it that nine times and to have uh, possessions, that many possessions, there's different ways to beat teams. So they've got to get back to playing Utah football. And they didn't really play Utah football. I mean, for all the the deal of them giving up all the yards and whatnot, you know, they make a couple of plays, and that's what losers do. I get it. You do the, the if game. If Brumfield doesn't fumble down at the end there, or they have, what, second and goal from the one, and again, they don't get in. They don't and get a then, touchdown. Hundley gets sacked. Yep. So, I mean, if you gain a yard and Brumfield doesn't fumble, I mean, I can't tell you that everything is going to play out exactly the way it played out. But nevertheless, it's not like they got just, oh my gosh, they got Washington State. He threw for 42 touchdowns last week. These guys got no chance. DJ, PK, and Frank Dolce, our Ute Insider and Analyst for the Zone Sports Network, joining us. Frank, good morning. Good morning, guys. How how's everything? Hope well, you're, you're doing well. You're coming to us on the Sprint special guest line, so that makes everything okay. Get one hundred dollars off yeah. the redesigned Apple Watch Four with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. All right, so you've had a couple of days to compose yourself after the loss Friday night. I'm sure you were emotional <laughs> after that. Okay. Your big takeaway. Your big takeaway is. I don't. Ha- I don't know that I have one. I was hoping to- you made that sound so big, and then I didn't have one big takeaway <laughs> from that game. There's a lot to. I think there's lots of takeaways from from that game. Maybe the the uh, most concerning is the defensive backfield, which probably shouldn't be as concerning because the pro- and, and I think that you and I talked about this on Friday, DJ. The, the defensive backfield has been exposed in three games leading up to USC, and we just kept brushing over it and brushing over it and saying, well, you know, they shut down Northern Illinois in the second half, or, well, they did this and the, this and that. and But they were giving up a lot of passing yards, and then that, that really got exposed against a quality, a quality opponent and a receiving core that, that maybe Utah – won't face as much talent going through the rest of the 
schedule, but they're going to face a lot of teams that know how to throw the ball really well starting this week. So that's the I think that's the biggest concern for me about this football team. I still think the offensive line can get, you know, a little bit better. The fact that Tyler Huntley was forced to run the ball 18 times in that game, that's got to be a little bit of concern. And and although his percentage was good, his, his pass completion percentage was really good, um, just compare his, his productivity in terms of yardage to think – you're, you're like 140 yards difference on the same number of completions, or maybe maybe Fink had one less completion. So, so that's you know that's something that you that you have to look at. And then obviously, the mistakes and three points in two trips inside the five yard line. I mean, it was just kind of this uh, you know a perfect storm sort of thing that that went against Utah. If you look at the numbers after the game without knowing the score, you might think, oh, yeah, this, you know, Utah probably figured out a way to win this one, but it's it just turned out to be the – went the wrong way for the Utes on Friday night. Yeah, that's what Kyle said. We outstatted them, but it doesn't mean much unless you get the win. Uh, to me, yeah. the two biggest surprises were the over-the-top stuff and the penalties. I really don't have any explanation for either. Do you? Well, the penalties, I don't. Uh, you know, even Coach Whittingham got a penalty, and I, you know that that was kind of that was kind of strange. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe Felicity Huffman and Lori Laughlin got involved with Ooh. the officiating crew Ooh. at USC. Was that? There you go. Is that league? Can I say that? Is that okay to say? Sure. Why not? Fine. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe you never know. The penalties, I can't explain. The defensive backfield. You know, um, it's. I think it's just like we said. Maybe this. Maybe this defensive backfield just isn't all that uh, we had hoped they would be, or quite what we hoped they would be, or 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 whatever. Maybe they're not getting enough help up front, and you know, it's it's, it's probably a combination of things. I will say that there were several. You know, there were a couple passes that were really good that would have been very difficult to defend. And even under good, with good defensive pressure, the passes were completed. So you just can't take that away from USC. There were a couple times balls over the top when people were in position to make a play and then just couldn't, didn't, know how, didn't make a play on the ball. I, that happened at least twice. And, and so you scratch your head about that one. Um, so for, for me, at this point, the way that I look at this football team, there's you know, a lot of football left. They certainly have the talent to go through the South and figure out how to, you know, how to make a really good run in the South. But it feels like uh, there, there's the potential now that Utah's going to give up a lot of points in the passing game. If you watch, did you guys watch UCLA and Washington State? I mean, that that game was nuts. And if you're a Utah fan, then that. Should, that should give you a little anxiety about the, the way both of those teams were throwing the ball all over the field. And they're both going to face Utah this year. So, so if, if that's true, if Utah's defensive secondary is not quite what they need to be and they're going to give up some points, then Utah's going to have to figure out how to score some points on the other side of the ball. And that just, you know, it's not, it, it's not necessarily been what Utah, you know, what, what Utah's done really well in the past. It's, it's it's not something I think we've relied on, but 
but uh, that might have to change this year. They're going to have to become more productive on the offensive side just based on this performance against USC. So, Frank, I'm sure all the teams that you played on, you know, the execution was crisp, blocking assignments were never botched. But, you know, for other people, that can be a problem. And for the Utes, that's part of their problem in the red zone. They had all these yards, but, you know, if you don't get the last yard or two, you get three or sometimes zero points instead of seven, and they're game changers. When they fumble right before the half, there's two unblocked guys in the backfield. One of them, Keithy's in motion, and he just whiffs. He just runs right by the guy and doesn't hit him. And uh-huh. then there was, I don't know, with the tackle in the in the – tight end somebody messed up on the other side I don't know which guy how does that happen four games in on multiple plays I mean I just spotlighted one but SC he spent a lot of time in in Utah's backfield and Huntley was running for his life to make some of those plays yes well I think part of it was just you'd have to say just mental mistakes not you know not being where you're supposed to be just just kind of mistakes and that, that'll that'll happen I mean the other part of that is and this this was a concern we talked about last week is that the the level of competition that Utah has played changed significantly on Friday night against USC I mean you're talking about leaps and bounds talent level at the defensive line compared to what they've faced and if you know, this, this was the first situation where they were gonna they, they were gonna face this adversity, and and they you know they just didn't manage it perfectly well. So I think that has a lot to do with it. Is coming into this game, you just didn't have you didn't see the same strength, speed, mobility, athleticism at the defensive line, and then once you get close to the goal line, everything speeds up. Everything becomes compact, and execution has to become perfect at that point. So all of those factors came together to, to work against Utah. You know, the, the truth is now that they've had this adversity, I, you know, I think they can build from it. I think they can learn from it. But it just it made for an ugly performance uh, last weekend. I was really surprised that Kyle's talking about no one going undefeated in the South. To me, that's taking big picture, and there's so one game at a time there. You shouldn't really be worried about whoever's going to do what in November. You just got to worry about Washington State. And, you know, Bill Belichick line, we're focused on whoever the next opponent is. But it seems to me, you know, obviously they know they're the overwhelming favorite. I'm just wondering if expectations are getting them to a little, uh, getting to them a little bit. Well, we, you know, that that was another thing that we we talked about. Could how is Utah going to manage being, you know, on top of the heap rather than playing the underdog role? And I thought that was interesting as well because I I don't think, you know, I, I'm not sure that Coach Whittingham. That's certainly not his mantra to talk about the overall picture. He is always the one game at a guy. Hey, we have this team coming up next. Maybe not like Belichick, but but this is who we have next, and we're going to get through the film, and then we're going to. You know, all we can do is what we can do. And so to have him say that, I think he's right. I mean, I, I don't think anybody goes through the South unscathed. Uh, I think U- USC probably has another loss or two on their schedule. And and Washington State, obviously not in the South, looks beatable. They, they, they come down here this week and 
UCLA certainly beatable and Colorado beatable. I mean, all the teams in the South are beatable. So I think he's right, but it, it does, it does tell you something about uh, what, what the team's been listening to or what the team's heard or, or the expectations of the team when, when he says something like that, uh, because we just, it's just not how he typically operates. So, and the nice thing about Coach Coach Whittingham is I I think that he, you know, there's there's lots of I, I I'm a big fan. There's lots of things people people say about. Him. I'm a huge fan of Coach Whittingham and what he does. And I think the best thing that he does is that he's just never too high, never too low, nice and steady. And he's going to manage this. I mean, gonna, there's probably going to be a little more intensity in practice and preparing this week, but but. It's not going to change the expectation of the team. It's not going to change the workouts. Everybody knows what they're going to do on a Monday, and they're going to go through their process, and they're going to get themselves get, get themselves ready to play uh, against Washington State, which is a significant challenge. But but I I guarantee you they'll be ready to play in that football game. So. I know they don't like to talk about injuries, but that doesn't stop us, Frank. When you see um, when when you see Moss get up and and hold the shoulder there, I mean, I don't know if you know the yeah. severity of it, but do you have any idea of a borderline timeline? You've seen injuries like that. Can you guess anything? So my guess, I've seen an, I've seen that kind of fall several times. It didn't look like much, did it? I mean, he just kind of got landed on. Yeah. It didn't look like much, and in my experience. You know, I'm I know this is no medical expertise here. I didn't even stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night, so I have no clue what's going on. But in my experience, that type of injury, that type of contact looks like either a collarbone or a separated shoulder. And and both of those, I don't know what the time frame is, but it's it's not like a one week turnaround and coming back. Separated shoulder, maybe you can manage the pain a little bit but that sucker is painful so that would be my guess and that's all it is is a guess and i would be i'd be surprised if we saw uh zach moss this weekend but i was you know i i thought i was encouraged by by the by the way brumfeld run and ran and and Devontae henry cole and and they got a lot of productivity out of the running game so uh hopefully hopefully utah can find that that same type of aggressiveness in the run game without Moss, but it sure makes it a little more difficult. Frank, we appreciate a few minutes. The therapy session will continue for you fans throughout the week. We'll talk to you. <laughs> I don't know. Do I, I mean, it's disappointing for sure, but there's lots of football left to play. I, I, I do have some concerns. I think it just makes it more exciting. Going into this weekend, I mean, there's a big question mark about this Utah football team, and now we'll we'll see how they respond. Two teams coming off losses, I think that's a compelling matchup this weekend. Yeah, I agree, especially when you consider the expectations for both, and now one of them is going to start 0-2. I, I know, isn't that crazy? Those two teams that I thought, hey, these, these two teams could be kind of leaders in their divisions, and, and here they are, backs against the wall. It's a great storyline. Thank you, Frank. Hey, thanks, you guys. Great to talk to you. Frank Dolce, every Monday morning right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. You'll hear him on other shows throughout the week. I know some people point to last year when they were 0-2 and won the division, but those were against uh, northern teams. They didn't give up anything to the south. 
SC already sitting at 2-0. and It just feels different this year. Yeah, I'm not really worried about SC. I'm, I'm way we're, more worried about Utah. Worried because about if Utah doesn't win a bunch of games, who cares what SC does? That's my whole point. Forget about winning the South. That'll take care of it. Take care of itself upon victories across the next several weeks. But if you're sitting there worrying about, oh my gosh, SC, they're two and zero. They're going to have to lose two games. You've lost complete focus of what the point is. The point isn't to administer a loss to SC this week. The point is to beat Washington State. Who gives a flying, you know what? What SC is going to do? This is a crazy conference, it, and that's why I love this conference. It's always been my conference. It's the only conference I care about. I don't care about Alabama and Clemson. They can Georgia. They can do whatever they want. And in January, those teams will be still playing and the teams from my conference will be done. I don't care about that. So what? I enjoy the crazy nature of this conference as it happens. SC's down to their third quarterback, which means the Ratfink rolls an ankle and they're in a world of hurt. But I'm thinking, oh my gosh, they got to lose two games. And then if we lose one, they got to lose three. Oh no. This is ridiculous. You don't think about that. It was an absolute wrong thing for him to get up there and say, well, this and that. Who cares? That's not any of your concern right now. Your concern is beating Washington State and then Cal and Oregon State and so forth and so on. DJ PK, we got a lot of reaction on Facebook. Utes, Cougars, and Aggies after a weekend of games. Stop this madness. (laughs) We'll get to this next. Stopping the madness. What was her name? She made a lot of money and then just went away. Did those infomercials. Stop the madness! DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go! Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. The Big Show will be at Wasatch Front Key on Riverdale Road Thursday the 25th for the summer clearance event. With up to $4,000 in customer cash or 0% financing on select 2019 models. Ask for details. Wasatch Front Kia. Wasatch Front. Kia, Kia, Kia. All right, PK. We got uh, a lot of people weighing in on our Facebook page this weekend. Their takes on the games. Interesting stuff from a uh, couple of BYU fans. Kyle says, got to play near perfect when playing up. BYU did not do that. Washington's a great football team. BYU's a good football team. You buying that playing up Washington at a different level? Yeah. Well, they've smoked you two years in a row. I mean, come on. What else are you going to say? That you're right there with those guys? No. Jamie says, I think it's a crappy time to be a fan of a Utah sports team. I don't know about that. Aggies probably disagree. They're probably feeling pretty good Why today. Is it a crappy time to be the, the Oh, because Utah and BYU lost on back-to-back days. Both fan bases were down. That means it a crappy time? Nah. Either you're a fan or you're not. You don't get to choose. Justin says they played nearly flawless against USC, and then they made mistakes against a superior Washington team. Are you talking about BYU now? Yeah. Well, they, they weren't going to win that game. They're not good enough. 
I mean, what, what more needs to be said? Washington's owned you two years in a row, so they're way better. Todd says the Pac-12 North scares me. Washington, Washington State, Cal. He's a Ute weighing in. Oh, it ought to scare you. There's a lot of ranked teams in the North. Okay, well, this is not brand new news here. Got some people weighing in on the Aggies. How about them Aggies? Jack said, we game was great. We put on a clinic for three quarters. Go Aggies. Worried about a down fourth quarter? Left unspoken? Giving up a couple scores, letting them back in the game? They didn't exactly slam the door? It, the, the objective is to win, not to slam the door. Sure, but they didn't win at Wake Forest and they didn't have a good fourth quarter there either. And Stony Brook... Doesn't really count for the purposes of this discussion. Yeah, what's your point? So they played a couple of bad fourth quarters. I get why Jack might, you know. I don't. Be a little stressed about that. You're not playing Wake Forest again. Alex goes for the salt and wound. At least one Utah team won in Southern California this weekend. Aggie up! That's all that matters is you, you won. You're looking for Utah State to play a perfect game. You're going to be looking a long time. All right, DJ and PK, we got more of your reaction coming up. Top of the 8 o'clock hour, Gary Anderson, Aggie football coach, is here at 830. It's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.